Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Peter, appreciate the time. How are you doing this afternoon? I am so glad that there is actual football back that we can talk about. Not hypothetical football, not theoretical football, actual on-field football god bless you you and me both peter i mean i know we always can't make much of the you know training camp reps and all that but like you just said i'm i'm itching for football and it's hard not to make a big deal because i just cannot wait for the packers this season even though there are a lot of question marks going into this season especially on the offensive side of the ball for the green bay packers peter and i guess the main story of yesterday's training camp was david bakhtiari who Look, when he went on the pup list to begin training camp, we all kind of figured because in order to be activated from the pup list in training camp, you have to be on there. But on top of that, we learned yesterday from Brian Gutekunst that he also underwent another procedure. I mean, we're talking yesterday. When do you expect David Bakhtiari back? Do you expect him to be ready to go for week one? But at this point, Peter, I can't assume anything with David Bakhtiari. I think that's that's the right way to look at it. I mean, we're talking about Matt LaFleur saying, I, I, I don't even deal in timelines anymore because of what this has done. And, and I made the point a number of times since he said it now, which was a couple of days ago, that, um, you're, excuse me, in the spring, that, that, you know, Matt LaFleur said in the spring, we expect him for training camp, but we expected him last year. And that is one of those things where, like, maybe don't say that, Matt LaFleur. Right. <laughs> it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Um, in, in really in any of this process, you know, I, I, there's, I don't think there's any blame to go around. That's the thing about this is it's just one of those really unfortunate situations. And, and, and Bakhtiari has been really transparent about the process. He's been really open about, hey, this is what's been going on. The fluid in the knee was a big deal. There was, there was more damage done in week 17. And, and Brian Gideon said um, earlier this week, that this was more than an ACL. Now he wasn't willing to specify what that more was, uh, and and I think that it, you know adds in a little bit a layer of of the unknown here. Um, but at the same time, he said he spoke with reporters, and he said that he feels really good about where he is, feels much better than he did uh, this time last year, which I think is is telling. And at this point he doesn't really have a reason to lie to us about it. I mean, he doesn't really have, because he has experienced the last 19 months. He knows that this has been a long process. He doesn't have any reason to lie to himself either. So, you know, he had the, the cryptic Instagram post with the hourglass on it. And, and that, I think that signaled to a lot of people, oh, it's getting close to be time. We haven't seen him out there doing rehab stuff, which is interesting. 
but at the same time, you know, I, I think I think the expectation can still be week one with the caveat that uh, we can't be sure about it yet. I think you can expect something, but like it's like 60 percent. You know, like I expect something to happen. It's sort of like when the when the meteorologist said that there's a 60 percent chance for rain, like there's a better chance than not <laughs> for rain. But it's not it's not a, it's not a guarantee. That's a good way of putting it with the whole meteorologist thing. But I mean, you're right, because. Even if he is ready to go for week one, now it's it's hard for me, and I, I know Packers fans too, not to assume that, well, okay, if he plays this game, what's to say the thing that happened last year after Detroit doesn't happen again where all of a sudden it's knee fluid and all that. But, I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. It was our topic even before we discovered that Dave Bakhtiari suffered another procedure. But going into this season, I think the obvious thing is for fans to say is, they're more worried about the wide receivers going into the season. But now I think it's clearly number one should be the offensive line because on top of Bakhtiari, you're waiting for Elton Jenkins to come back. And based on Bakhtiari's recovery, I, I don't think I can assume anything with Elton Jenkins. And I like John Runyon. I like Josh Myers. I like Josh Nijman. I like a lot of these guys in the Packers offensive line. But let's say Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't ready to go. You know, obviously Jenkins won't be back until like later halfway through the season. But if Bakhtiari is not ready to go and you lose one of these guys that are supposed to be the backups, I mean, I think, I don't know about you, Peter, between the wide receivers and the offensive line, I think the O-line is definitely the more worrisome position group on the Packers. Well, uh, a couple things here. I, I don't think we should draw conclusions based on David Bakhtiari's recovery with Alton Jenkins' recovery, if for no other reason than Alton Jenkins is considerably younger, um, and his injury um, is it, it's just going to be a different situation because he was just an ACL, at least to our understanding. So, it, it was not as severe, we don't think, as what David Bakhtiari went through. He seems to be doing really, really well in rehab. The Packers seem to be thrilled with where he is. Um, and, and he's actually in the rehab groups with guys who aren't coming off serious injuries. Um, and, and it was big Bob Tunyon, by the way. He seems, he, he is all set to be ready for week one, which would be pretty remarkable a 10-month recovery window for him if that is, in fact, the case. So uh, I, I, I just I, I would caution you and, and your listeners uh, of connecting those two, but I understand the, the caution that you're exercising there, certainly having been burned before. But I think your main point is right, uh, that right now this offensive line is thin, and it's being proven out with the way that they're having to shuffle these guys. And Matt LaFleur said they basically had to end practice early because they didn't have enough guys. Uh, Cole Van Lannen, who was getting right tackle snaps in the spring, is now on the second team. Royce Newman was out there yesterday at right tackle with the first team. And then today it was Yash Nyman. And then you had, you had Zach Tom, the rookie from Wake Forest, day three pick. He's out there at left tackle with the ones, um, getting some run at, at offensive tackle. Um, Sean Ryan is competing at guard right now. I think one of the reasons why you haven't seen Sean Ryan at tackle, which is where he played at UCLA, is because they want him to compete at guard. I, I would not be that concerned about the offensive line because Elton Jenkins is going to come back sooner than later. So if he's back by even Halloween, you're in pretty good shape. The, the problem with the receiver group is you don't know if – any of those guys can carry the load the way Devontae Adams did. You know when Nellon Jenkins comes back, he's going to be a stud. We know John Runyon Jr. and Josh Myers are quality offensive linemen. And for whatever struggles Royce Newman had last year, if he loses that job, it's going to be to someone who is presumably better. Um, and you hope he takes a, a step in year two. 
If David Bakhtiari doesn't come back, let's say, God forbid, we know Yash Nyman is a quality offensive lineman. We saw it last year in, a, in a, what ended up being a pretty big sample size. I thought it ended up being a pretty big mistake, in fact, that he wasn't out there in the playoffs. I said that at the time. I said it ahead of time that I thought he should be the guy out there. But uh, the offensive, the, the receiver room is just not like that. We just don't know if any of these guys can actually help carry an offense or what that offense looks like. So, I understand your point, and I understand the depth questions. I think it's a bigger it's a bigger question mark right now with the with the receiver room. The difference is, the receivers the last two days have balled out. Romeo Doves looks like a real player, and that's without Christian Watson even being out there. Alan Lazard has had a really strong start to camp, um, and and so and Amari Rogers looks like he's poised for a bounce back season off a disappointing rookie year. So. It, it, I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I personally think the receiver question is a bigger one right now. Yeah, I don't think there's really a wrong answer on that, you know, between the wide receivers and offensive line, but it's just so fascinating because obviously without Devontae Adams, there's going to be, you know, everyone's got pretty much got the spotlight on him. And one of those guys. What we, what we do know is, is that if the offensive line is healthy, yeah. there are no question marks. That's the difference for me. Yeah. So like if, if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are healthy, that is an elite top five type offensive lineman or offensive line group. That's not the case at receiver. If everyone is healthy, we still have a lot of questions about what that group is going to be. And I think to me, that's the difference in terms of where I'm trying to, to zero in my energy or certainly where I'm trying to zero in my worry mm-hmm. is on a, on a group that if they are healthy, we still have question marks about the offensive line is not that fortunately for the Packers. Totally agree with you. And once again, we're talking to Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers and co-founder of the Leap Newsletter. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. And one of those question marks in that wide receiver room, and like you said, was getting some high praise from Aaron Rodgers and putting out a good performance in training camp so far as Alan Lazard. And that was actually a big topic today, too. We were kind of talking about expectations, like stat-wise, too, especially because, you know, obviously it seems like, you know, he can live up to, he has the tools almost to be that number one target for the Packers. but. Stat-wise, I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know about you, Peter, like 80 receptions, close to 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. But I just wonder if eventually, you know, Christian Watson or some of these other guys will become that top target. And Aaron Jones is going to probably be even utilized more than he ever has been. How do you see this passing game kind of working out for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, that's, that's the thing that, that I think is so hard to predict at this point because what we've seen Matt LaFleur willing to do in situations where he does not have that topic so matchup driven it is so much about what you need to do that and and you go back you hear the 7 and 0 number and and everything that goes with that and and winning without Devontae Adams um there was a, a great number from next gen stats that the Packers offense with Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers on the field at the same time was 0.22 EPA per play which is better than it was with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on the field. And that actually with Devontae Adams off the field, um, the offense and Aaron Rodgers on the field, the offense got better, whereas with Alan Lazard off the field and Aaron Rodgers on the field, um, the offense got worse. Now, does that mean that that Alan Lazard is going to be Devontae Adams and that he's more important than Devontae Adams? Of course it doesn't. But what it says is that this Packers offense has found a way to make it work and that Alan Lazard is a critical piece in that. So, I kind of want to eschew the statistical projection part of it because he's going to be more valuable to this offense than he has ever been, and it's not close. I think the biggest question with him is can he stay healthy? Because when he was poised with with Devontae Adams' injury back in 2020, 
to have a big season. He comes out and he crushes it in that Saints game, but then he gets hurt. And he's, he's just never really been able to stack the sort of success that you would expect his talent. His talent is unquestioned, and it is not undrafted free agent talent. And Aaron Rodgers has been talking about it. He said it again today at his locker. Alan Lazard has been turning heads since day one in Green Bay because he's 6'4", 6'5", he's 215, 220, and he runs 4'5". He can go up, he can, he can block guys out and get rebounds. He is a an mf as a blocker. I almost got you in trouble and said the real thing. No, I don't blame um, you. <laughs> and so, uh, he, like, Matt LaFleur calls him a goon. I mean, that is the key. He's a hockey goon. He's an enforcer. And if, if he can stay healthy for 17 games, I think he is poised for a monster season. I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, you are not high enough on Alan Lazard. Yeah. The end. And uh, Toby Altizer and I, I Bart Winkler of our morning show need to get on that hype train, right, Peter? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, we 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 need to we need to make that change. And I've been I've been on Al Lazard as a player for for a long time. Going back to Iowa State, I thought he was just unbelievable there. Um, it was really a bad Senior Bowl um, that that torpedoed his his NFL prospects. Um, ended up going undrafted. I, I think he was probably a three to five round kind of guy like third round fifth round somewhere in there had he's gone out and not been so poor on the senior bowl i think that made people question is he a receiver is he tight end because he looks slow and it was because he was hurt you watch him at iowa state that was not an issue um and and you watch him now it's not an issue he's very clearly a receiver he he can beat guys over the top the question is where is that route running um and and what can that be i think i think that the advanced numbers this is one of those great opportunities we see this in basketball all the time right a reserve comes in and he can score 15 points a game. He shoots 40% from three and you go, okay, if you move into the starting lineup, what does that look like? Can he maintain that efficiency when he's not going up against Ben Sheeran? Well, in 2019, um, Al Lazard broke out in 2020. He had some of his, some elite efficiency, according to football outsiders. Um, one of the best in defense adjusted value over average, one of the best in defense um, adjusted yards above replacement. And that was among guys who had fewer than 50 targets. Okay. Increase that usage in 2021. He was elite, even in the group of 50 more targets, even though he didn't have very many more than 50. So can he maintain, let's say he gets a hundred targets this year. He catches 75% of them, which is about what he does. And he goes 75 for, you know, 10, 50 and, and eight or 10 touchdowns. That's a really good player. That's a really useful player for the Packers. And, and that is someone who is a more than capable number one option, better than if you look at the numbers from last year, better than, you know, 10, 15 teams, better than half the league last year, better than their number one was. So I think he has that kind of ability. And that, and that is not just like Monday morning quarterbacking sort of in reverse where, okay, let's just take this guy and gas him up. I've been gassing Al Lazard for five years going back to Iowa State. So this is this is not new territory for me. Right. I am really excited to get to see him this year. It'll be very interesting to see what Alan Lazard does as the top target for the Packers going into the season. But moving over, last one for you here, Peter. And once again, we're talking to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers on the Leap newsletter. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, obviously it's great to have Rasul Douglas back on the roster. Now the Jair's going into a healthy season and Eric Stokes on the roster as well. But how do you see, or who do you see, I guess, kind of stepping into that slot corner role for the Green Bay Packers? I think a lot like 
um, you know, what, what I was saying with the offense being being matchup driven, and I sort of got on an Al Lazard tangent there. I apologize. I just uh, no, was I, good. Uh, I really like I really like Al Lazard. Um, I think it's going to be matchup driven, and I think there are going to be weeks when it's going to be Jair Alexander, in, you know, in a you know in, in a matchup theoretically with the Vikings, for example, where they're going to put Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen in the slot a bunch. Um, and then there are going to be weeks when Russell Douglas is more than capable of, of handling that responsibility. I actually really like Russell Douglas in that role. And I know that seems weird in a, a sort of modern football sense because we think of these nickel corners, these slot guys, as having to, to handle these shifty slot receivers. That's not really the profile of the guy that's playing in the slot right now in the NFL. Last year, Al Nazard played... 15 to 20% of his snaps in the slot. Um, Cooper Cup is one of the best two or three receivers in the league, and he plays the majority of his snaps in the slot. He's 6'2", 210. The bigger slot receiver has become something that has been more in vogue. You don't, there's no, like, where are the Wes Welkers? Where are the, the Julian Edelmans? Those guys aren't really the guys in the slot anymore. You have to deal with Chris Godwin. You have to deal with Devontae Adams reduced down inside. You have to deal with, with these bigger-bodied receivers. Now, not big-body receivers, but bigger than we're traditionally used to in the slot. And so I think that's why we're seeing more of these three safety looks, especially in college when it comes to dealing with spread offenses. Now we're seeing it more in the pros. And Russell Douglas is essentially a third safety. He gets to read and react, which is what he's best at. He gets to use his eyes and, and, and play spot drop when he needs to. And then he can break on the ball underneath, which is what he is so good at. You don't necessarily need him turning and running with these guys because that's just not the, the route tree that you're seeing from the slot. It, it is also not the kind of you know little whip route, option route stuff that, that the Patriots made so popular and the, and the Colts with Peyton Manning and then in Denver where, where you're just, you're just going to eat up these, these bigger corners or, or safeties even. It's just not the world we live in anymore. And so I, I think he is the perfect fit in there. But at the same time, as I said, there are going to be matchups. You know, the Bills are another great example. Stephon Diggs, they're going to put him in the slot. And you're going to want to have Jair Alexander on him. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you're, you're going to put him in the slot. The Bears with Darnell Mooney could be another guy. The Cowboys, they play the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is going to play a bunch of, uh, of, of slot reps. And you probably want more opportunities to get Jair Alexander on him there, especially against um, – teams that are going to attack you vertically from the slot. That's where you want someone like Jair Alexander there, but they, but they can be so multiple. Um, and, and even teams that have big tight ends, I think you might even see someone like Darnell Savage get some run in that, in that nickel role, um, especially with the way Sean Davis has, has played, maybe in some three safety looks, you can, you can throw Darnell Savage out there as well. Um, just a, an interesting wrinkle against some of these teams. That is Peter Bukowski. Make sure to check out Locked, Locked on Packers, which you can find on your Odyssey app. Make sure to also check out the Leap newsletter and follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Peter, always appreciate the time, and I'm sure we'll talk again before week one. All right, thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.